You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. It is so good to be here today. Um, guys, we're just going to continue with our service today, obviously. Uh, the power's going to be out for a good while. And so we'll probably finish our service today without power. Let's just pray. Ask God to, to speak. Ask God to guide today. And um, ask God to help us to give Him our mind's attention, right? And our heart's affection, Father, help us to open our minds and our hearts to You today. Father, You're you're worthy of our minds' attention and our hearts' affection. Father, help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today we do start... A new series. You guys on front, forgive me. It's going to sound like I'm screaming at you. But I want the people on back to hear me. And I'm capable of doing that, as some of you know. (laughs) Today we do start a new series, Finding Your Way Back to God, uh, is uh, the name of this journey we're going to be on for five weeks. And guys, the the truth of the matter is, uh, over 30 plus years... Hundreds of people have found their way back to God here in this place we call Cypher Christian Church. Isn't that exciting? You see, some of those people are you. You remember that time. You remember that point in time, that day. You remember that season of months, maybe even years, where you found your way back to God. You know, over 30 plus years of pastoring uh, several churches, I've heard people's stories as they found their way back to God. People who have hit rock bottom. People whose expectations of what they were going to find in life, in marriage, in maybe a career, in family, were unfulfilled. And it left them longing. I've actually talked to people who have accomplished their dreams and still were left. Left empty. Asking, is this really all there is? Is this all there is? Is this all there is to life? You see, if you listen closely, if you look at art, if you listen closely to the themes of novels and what we see in in movies, in our music, it doesn't matter what genre of music... Whether it's rock, whether it's pop, whether it's country, looking for love in all the wrong places, right? There's got to be more to life than this. 
You see, God created you to have a relationship with Him. God created you to find yourself, to to answer the longings of your heart in Him. We're going to look at three longings today. The first longing is the longing for love. That kind of goes without saying, does it not? The longing for love. Glenn Wolf holds a record in America. He holds a record for having the most marriages. He's been married 29 times. Lord help him. 29 times. The longest marriage lasted 7 years. The shortest marriage lasted 19 days. Why? Why? Do you really think he's just trying to set a record? Why, why didn't he quit after marriage number 4 or marriage number 24? Now maybe he just had a loose screw. But my guess is he was longing to find love. You see, none of us are perfect. None of us love perfect. All of us want to love and most of us want to give love. But the truth of the matter, some of us have never experienced love. You see, God's plan all along is that we would find perfect love in Him. Perfect love. You see, it doesn't matter even if we've experienced great love, no one person can fulfill our deepest longing for love because only God can do that. In 1 John, we find this verse. You see, John was literally the best friend of Jesus. The best friend of Jesus. You see, he experienced love. You know, Jesus came to this earth. He didn't just talk about love. He demonstrated love. You know, God showed His love to us. And that love has a name. His name is Jesus. John writes, so we have come to know, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. We have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. God is perfect love. You see, we all have a longing for love. We have a longing, man, woman, child, to be loved. To be loved. You see, we have another longing in life, a longing for purpose. A longing for purpose. What did you want to be when you were five or six years old? You remember, you know, 
you had a dream, even as a little child, of what you wanted to be when you grew up. Help me with this. What did some of you want to be when you were a little child? Cashier. Cashier. I love it. I mean, somebody, you know, a garbage man. I've met men the boy who, they were fascinated with garbage trucks. Someone else. A nurse. A cowboy. A what? Movies, of course, hey. Hey, get a movie star. Someone else. A football player, an interior designer. A Ninja Turtle. She's answering for you, yes. An astronaut. I mean, how can you not live in Houston, right? Someone else. A nun. A doctor. I had a best friend. Best friend, last community I lived in. Uh, we fished together. Uh, he made great uh, fried speckle trout, gumbo. His wife made the gumbo. But uh, he wanted to be a priest. He's from Pittsburgh. And he's not a priest today. He's one of the best um, volunteer leaders of students I've ever met. But you see, as a child... He had a dream. You most likely had a dream. Just answer this for What in the world are we doing dreaming about what do we want to do, what we want to do with our life when we're five or six years old? We don't need a job. We don't need the money. We don't need the pressure, right? But at five or six, we're dreaming. About life. You see, the reason is we were created for a purpose. We were created for a purpose. You know, there are many people that believe our our lives, your life, my life, we're just accidents. Billions of occurrences produced us. You see, you can either believe that you were created by a personal creator with a personal purpose, or you can believe you're an accident. You see, I believe you were created with a purpose in mind. Now don't boo and hiss when I, when I name this guy, but um, Tom Brady, after his third Super Bowl win, he was interviewed on 60 Minutes by Steve Croft. Here's what Steve said. This whole experience, this whole upward trajectory, what have you learned about yourself? What kind of effect does it have on you? Tom Brady replies, Well, I put an incredible amount of pressure on me. When you feel like you're ultimately responsible for everyone and everything. There's a lot of pressure. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. And yet, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. Arguably the most successful quarterback ever. He's fulfilled his accomplishments. 
He's still playing with passion. There's got to be more than this. Steve Croft, what is the answer? Tom Brady, I wish I knew. Well, that's real, isn't it? That's real. You see, whether it's Tom Brady or whether it's Dale Smith or whether it's you, we are all created with a purpose in mind. We're not accidents. And our primary purpose is not our vocation. Our primary purpose is to live in relationship with God. To live life on purpose. Listen to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are all His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. For we are all His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This word workmanship in the original language is the words poema. Poema. Anyone want to guess what English words rooted in that word? Poem. That's right. A poem is a work of art. It's a one of a kind. It has the fingerprints of its creator on it. You and I are God's workmanship. We are not mass-produced. We're one-of-a-kind creation. You know, maybe someone said to you, you're a piece of work. (laughs) Now, I don't think they exactly meant you're a work of art, right? But you are a piece of work. You're not a numbered print. You're an original. You are an original, created with a purpose in mind. Please remember that. Remember that today. A longing for love, a longing for purpose, a longing for meaning. A longing for meaning. Meaning. That means we have questions. Meaning. We have why questions. Kids have why questions. You know, why do I have a shadow? Uh, (laughs) You know, why do balls bounce? Right? Daddy, why does your breast smell so bad? (laughs) Right? I mean, why? Why do camels have bumps? You see, we laugh at children's questions, but we have questions. And our questions often bring tears to your eyes, not smiles to your face. Why? Why, God? If you're a loving God, why do you allow children to suffer? To be abused. To be sexually abused. Physically, mentally abused. My daughter sent me a video. I didn't watch it when she sent it. I watched it this morning. So this is recent. This is this week. 
A co-worker of hers works in a government facility, is on $40,000, whatever you call it, to get out for every offense. She burned her children. She poured boiling water on her child's hand for punishment. She beat them. She starved them. She's in a Harris County jail cell. Why? Why, God? You're all-powerful. You're all-knowing. Why don't you intervene? You know, why, God? Why, when there was a tsunami in that Indonesia, Indian Ocean area, why? You have the power to stop it. Why did you not stop two hundred and over 250,000 people from losing their life? Whole villages wiped out. Looks like bombs have hit. Kind of like the Bahamas. Now guys, this is real. I've held the hand of many a person. I've had the honor and privilege of holding the hand of dying individuals. It's just, I don't brag, it's, it's just a fact. It's an honor when a family member wants you there. Right? There's a woman that, honestly, she's the most influential, bright light for Jesus uh, I've ever ministered alongside. Her name's Mary Lou. Mary Lou was in her 70s. Her husband was restricted to a bed in a nursing home. She was the leader of our benevolence team. She helped struggling people. She had a heart for struggling people. People on the street, people on drugs, people coming out of abusive relationships. She laid herself out. She did dumb things. She would go to the worst part of town and pick someone up by herself. Not smart. I don't encourage it. You see, she loved Jesus. So she came down with um, Guillain-Barre syndrome. And the numbness began, and it's where your body attacks itself, the nerves. And the numbness began in her feet and her legs and continued to progress, and eventually it struck her lungs. And eventually she could not breathe for herself. And so they put her on a ventilator. She was medicated, but she still was somewhat alert. She didn't fight it tremendously. And I was there the day they took her off the ventilator. And I held her hand as tears ran down her eyes. Not because she was scared. Not because she was scared. But she saw her loved ones and her friends hurting. And it hurt her. Wow. Alzheimer's, pancreatic cancer, colon I could just tell you a story after why. Why? God, you can heal or you can take people home immediately. Why the suffering? I wish I could answer the why questions with a simple answer, a calculated answer. I can't. I can't. I can't answer the question why, but I can tell you what is not the answer. It is not that God doesn't care. It is not that God is callous. 
It is not that God is unloving because He demonstrated His love. He suffered. He sent His one and only Son to die for you and me that we might know love. That we might know Him. I want to read just a portion of our passage today. Whoever gave me this phone, just blame them. Huh? There it is. Because... It's recording, Dale. Oh, it's recording. <laughs> you won't be surprised. I thought he put a timer up here. So <laughs> Come on, Dale, you got to finish. <laughs> That's going to be in the recording, too. Oh, well. Oh, well. Luke, chapter 15. won't read the whole passage, but just a portion that applies to today's message. You see, over the next five weeks, we will talk about five awakenings people experience in their lives. Today we're talking about an awakening to longing. You see, longings in our life can take us to places we wish we had never gone but they can also draw us right there to that place where we reach out to God. Where we reach out for help. And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he, the father, divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into the far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he, the son, was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one, no one gave him anything. You see, the son, first of all, insulted his father. This request was an insult to his father. You know, family is everything in some cultures. Unfortunately, family is not held to the same value in the United States that it is, say, in China or India. Okay? In different cultures. You know, parents know beyond a shadow of a doubt they want their children to be successful because their children are going to, without any exception, care for them in their elderly years. Y'all hear that? Did I not say that right? It's not funny. <laughs> not in this story. Because the son says, give it to me, Dad. I'm ready to get out of here. I don't know if he didn't think life was fair. I'm not getting what I deserve. 
I'm having to live in the shadow of my older brother. I don't know what's happening in this story, but he tells his dad, I want my inheritance. And then he hits the road. In actuality, he's saying to his dad, Dad, money's more important than you. I want my money, and I hope you get by because I'm out of here. And he did just that. He goes and and he parties and he squanders all his money. You say, yeah, how do you know he partied? I figure he did. I figure this is kind of like going to Las Vegas, single guy in Las Vegas, single girl in Las Vegas for that matter. Maybe Amsterdam is the better illustration if you know anything about Amsterdam. Right? Look at what the older brother says about the son's journey. He's upset that the father's welcomed him home, by the way. But when this son, not my brother, right? He's written him off. When this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. The big brother's not too happy. You see, reckless living often includes reckless relationships. Reckless relationships. It's been said that every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is actually looking for God. They're filling those longings in their heart with counterfeits that will never fulfill I'm sure this son had a lot of questions when he's feeding the pigs. Maybe had questions about the goodness of God when the famine hits and people were starving. He's starving! And no one, all his friends, I'm sure, that he partied with, they're nowhere to be seen and no one will give him anything, the Bible says. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. When we say there's got to be more. When we say this is not where I plan to end up. When we say why God. You see either... We can run to Him or run from Him. We can, in these difficult times, find our way back to God. Find God for the first time. And realize His love and embrace Him and choose to follow Him. Follow Jesus with everything we have, everything we are. Or we can choose to be jaded and angry and run the other way. I just want to remind you, God is pursuing you. Some of you might think you're pursuing God. He was pursuing you long before you began pursuing Him. 
You see, this son's story is all of our story. You say, Dale, I've never knocked on the door of a brothel. Oh, I, I believe that. But what substitutes have you chased after longing to fill a void in your life? Unhealthy relationships? Unhealthy substances? What is it? And yet when you have everything, maybe it's a good thing, just like Tom Brady, super three-time at that point, Super Bowl champion. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. I have a wager I want you to accept as we begin this journey. I want you to make a bet. Don't get offended. I want you to make a bet on God. Pascal did this. Renowned mathematician. He knew of God up here, but he never encountered God in here. And late one night, he encountered God and he embraced God and he experienced God's love and realized that God had a plan and a purpose for his life. And from that day forward, he passionately, passionately challenged his peers, his, um, the scientists he worked with, to move towards a belief in God. Take the first step. Take the first step. Some people call it Pascal's wager. And so I'm asking you to pray a prayer every day this week. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. If you're a person who prays uh, diligently, religiously, I want you to pray this prayer. If you're a person that prayer is awkward, you've just kind of given up on prayer, pray this prayer. If you have a relationship with God, pray this prayer. If you've never crossed the line of faith, pray this prayer. It's this simple. God, if you are real, say that with me. God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. You see, I believe when we seek God and we pray to God and ask God to show Himself to us, I believe He will. I believe you'll be more sensitive to God at work around you. God wants nothing more for you than for you to know Him and to walk in relationship with Him. Listen to this simple, simple verse of Scripture. You will seek Me and find Me. Jeremiah 29.13 you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
I'm going to ask our communion servers and prayer partners to come forward at this time. I'm going to ask our communion servers and prayer partners to come forward. What are you longing for? Would you be honest and just admit that to yourself? You know, it's okay to say uh, my marriage isn't what I thought it would be. It's okay to say that. How are you going to grow in marriage if you don't acknowledge that you're not where you want to be in marriage? It's okay to say that going to work every day feels like going to jail. It's okay to say that. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to ask questions. God knows the questions you have deep in your soul. There's some people say, don't ever ask God uh, uh, that kind of question. God is bigger than any of your questions. He'll meet you in the deepest questions of life. He will meet you in the deepest longings of life. It's my prayer that you would come and celebrate grace today. Celebrate Christ today. Celebrate the name of the one that represents God's pursuing love. It's my prayer that even though I can't tell you the answer for suffering and evil in this world, it's my prayer that you would accept the answer. Accept the fact that evil and suffering doesn't occur because God is unloving, God is uncaring, God has turned His back on you. No, He's demonstrated His love by sacrificing His own Son on a cross. You say, say, Dale, those things, it's hard for those two, two things to coexist. Yes, it is. This world's a mess. There's a reason deep in your soul you feel like it's not supposed to be like this. This is unfair. This is a mess. That story of the one woman abusing her children. It's a mess. God agrees with you. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about why you feel this is so unfair? It's because you have a sense of what's right in your soul that God placed there. And He longs for you to run to Him, not away from Him. Father, we thank You. We thank You that You have given us the opportunity to find our way back to You. Through Jesus. Through your love. Through your sacrifice. Father, may we not judge the Son in the story, but may we acknowledge that we're like the Son in the story. And may we confess the cheap substitutes we've chosen instead of you. May we confess the fact that we've chosen our way over Your way. May we confess the fact that we're jaded and we think life's unfair. That we've got a, a bad hand dealt to us. Father, forgive us. But may we take advantage of the moment to 
lean into You to come to know You as our Father, to return to You as Your children. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Every Sunday, as we take communion, you're given, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're given a piece of bread, the body of Christ broken for you, and then the cup is held in front of you, and the server says the blood of Christ shed for you. We encourage you to celebrate at the table of grace. Every Sunday, there's prayer partners up front. We have our prayer partners here today, and we encourage you. If you come to celebrate, and maybe first you come to pray, bring a deep longing or a deep question or a deep need to God. To pray with a partner who loves you and is on the same journey you're on. Won't you come now and celebrate at the table of grace?